Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Breathing Space podcast. It's great to be getting this out there. I never really thought about doing a podcast, but then equally I thought, why not? So this is episode one. And in these podcasts, I'm really looking to just talk to people who might have just different stories to tell, interesting stories, things that might inspire, things that might interest us. Um, just really open to any backgrounds, uh, any people that you think you might want to hear from or have a great story. Let me know, get in contact, uh, follow me on Instagram at breathingspace underscore online. And uh, yeah, send me a message. I really want interesting stories. We all share quite a lot in our lives. We all um, have probably have more in common than maybe we think sometimes. And interesting perspectives can always bring new light to that and new interest to that. Um, hopefully inspire along the way too. So with that, so pleased to have my first guest. So Matt Jess, um, great guy. He was a professional rugby player, the Exeter Chiefs. Um, he got 100, over 100 caps for them. And that is a no mean feat in the modern world of rugby. And as a rugby fan myself, it fascinated me to find out a bit about the mindset, a bit about what it's like being in a rugby club um, that was finding success and on the grow as he was with the club. Um, but also just how you deal with that mindset, just different changes in life, things that maybe we could all take something from. And Matt does some great work, um, as you'll hear in the episode, as a current ambassador for some mental health charities, which um, I think is absolutely brilliant. I hope you get something from it. And I will see you on the other side of this episode with Matt Jess. Born in Coventry, Cornish, made and raised. After going to school in Cape Cornwall School, followed his career into rugby, including teams like Cornish Pirates, Newport Gwent Dragons. In 2008, he joined the Exeter Chiefs, who were then in the championship. 2013, against Worcester, he joined the 100 Club, 100 appearances, which is a great achievement in modern rugby. One of Exeter's key players in their amazing story and rise to the top. Also, importantly, dad to Ted, Alfie, Ralph the Bulldog and lovely wife Sarah. Welcome, Matt Jess. How are you? Thank you very much. And that was a great introduction, my friend. Um, really good. How are you, Kit? You good? Yes, very good. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Um, I hope this is a, a good chat, a bit of a free chat around just general life and kind of your story um, is what we're looking to get in the series. Um, so importantly, lockdown uh, 3.0 in the UK. How are things for you? How's things going? Yeah, it's it's good. Very samey samey. I think um, yeah, it's uh, uh, every, every you got to take every day as it comes. And I think um, biggest one which I've been trying to um, kind of uh, get into people is just trying to stay positive uh, as much as possible. Get outside as much as you can. You know, take that um, you know that uh, that um, that exercise that you're allowed to go and do. Uh, uh, um, uh, you know, very seriously. Um, but I think um, it's different. The lockdown one was quite serious. Lockdown two, no one really, I don't think in the UK, took much part of it or they were kind of like behooed it a little bit. And I think this third one, I think, has gone back to being a lot more serious. So it, it's good in a way because um, you know people are taking it seriously and stuff. But also, um, I do think that people are starting to change their habits um, um, to obviously keep people safe and, and yeah. to keep that front line, um, you know, uh, you know, keep that front line, you know, as less stressful as possible. So fingers crossed we could be yeah. out of it. And if anyone follows you on Instagram, regular trick shots still happening. 
Absolutely. So regular trick shotter on, on my MSJ coaching page and you'll see me doing some form of activity or run or something. and trying to maybe a little uh, a story about trying to stay positive through lockdown on my uh, normal Instagram, which is just Matthew Jess. But it's um, again, I think we've all got to help each other out in these times. Um, I think it's really important. I think social media can has always had the, um, uh, the, the, the bad rep, but actually within the lockdown, it's got to have a good rep because that's how we're keeping in touch with people. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. And so that's part of this. And hopefully people find this chat good as well. I wanted to, well, I guess the obvious place is start near the start and sort of to touch. Obviously, we know your story with the Exeter Chiefs, um, you know, and, and the highs that have been experienced there as well. But I'm really interested in growth and sort of, you know, how people develop towards certain things and following passions as well, things like that. And starting in the early days, I'm kind of intrigued as to as to how you started out. So kind of going back to school and sort of family environment, thinking about um, how those schools you were, so like academic work, balancing that with rugby. At what point did you go rugby? That's my my thing. At what age was that? Yeah, well, like it kind of, it kind of fell in my lap in a way, and I don't think it is um, it was it's something that you know what I, I wasn't the most. Um, you know, sometimes you see kids of like eight, nine, ten, and they're like, um, you know, they are unbelievably um, gifted or talented. I, I wasn't that kind of kid. I was a kid to kind of work really hard. And if I, if I, if I, you know, tried ten passes and one went in, then you know, I'll keep on working hard to make sure it makes makes up to two, three, four, five until I get the ten. Um, and I think with that, it's um, it's all about grit and determination. That's something that um, certainly put me in a in a good a good stead um coming into my sort of career i think um uh you know as i got to i went on a tour to kenya at 13 um i realized then i really enjoyed rugby but i still had to work really hard to gain those skills and then yeah. um i think i was 16 or 17 and i was playing for the local club mounts bay and and kev mosley at the time saw me play a game against halston i scored four tries and he was like Ah, and, and they were they were kind of like um, open to sort of like um, I suppose getting me on loan. Next minute I went on loan. I played uh, a national two game for um, Penzance, um, and I remember playing that game. I was against I was um, five foot eleven. Um, uh, string will um, give me two sex. Hey, oh, um, sorry. So uh, yeah, um, so I was five foot eleven. Um, sort of, um, uh, you know not too much weight with me and I was against a six foot four uh, kind of big winger and I remember I remember my mum looking at it, looking at the game going oh he's way out of his depth there and I played the game and I wasn't out of depth I played okay uh, yeah. did all right pretty nervous and then um, yeah it kind of like rolled into that I then started to study um, and then trained part-time with the Pirates and then they ended up giving me a, a full-time contract which I took on uh, which I had for uh, a year um, for two years, shall I say, and then um, that was before I then made the the move to to over the bridge and to Wales. So, um, uh, so wow. yeah, kind kind of in a way, fell in my lap. But rugby has always been a passion. I've really enjoyed, yeah. it. really like watching it. You know, uh, and I, and I worked hard for everything that I tried to tried, yeah. to, tried to do. You know, and that so when you were at that young age, what role? What kind of influenced you, you know, in terms of thinking about the environment? So thinking about that mindset that you had of, of improving, like continuously looking to improve and understanding where you were. And also 
thinking about you know competitive nature did that come from parents as well and things like that was there an environment of that yeah there was and there, like i mean i grew up with three brothers so um it was um it was you know very competitive household um i mean two of them were, were kind of gone by the time um because they're a little bit older than us so they weren't really around but like you know certainly when i went up and, and, and saw them or we visited and stuff you know there always be some sort of some some form of competition um but like you know i did have competitive family um i think um well i did um i know my cousins were competitive and that was a big thing for me I think people look at like rugby idols but my one was you know local rugby my, my cousins played for St Just and uh, my uncle had a massive um, sort of um, role in sort of like St Just where you know, he was down there every weekend he'd help out he'd put out the flagpoles he was he was just in it he loved rugby and that's where my passion came because every weekend I'd spend I'd, I'd spend pretty much at St Just either watching the first team or watching the second team spending yeah. Home away, and um, you know, I was a ball boy. Um, I, I just loved it. I loved the whole part of it. I wasn't the kid. Sometimes you'll see kids that go to a rugby club and they'll play with their friends, but then they're not really watching the rugby. I was the one watching rugby, so yeah, um, you know, I enjoyed the big hits. I enjoyed somebody going in scoring a try. Um, and I suppose you know that, and um, I suppose that was probably my subconscious is like, actually, I like this sport. Did I ever think about it as a youngster going, oh, I'd love to play full time. Everyone dreams to be a footballer. Um, you know, it was, what was it? 90, 96, 97, it turned pro. It kind of, it kind of really wasn't, you know, I suppose it's relatively new in 2003 when I, I did secure my first, my first contract. So it was relatively new, but like, did I really think of myself going that way? Probably not. Yeah. But then saw me, they, they kind of gave, I think a big thing. And I think this is, uh, you know, one thing to take, but like opportunity, somebody gave me an opportunity on the big stage to go and show myself. And I did do, uh, I obviously went come back off loan um, before he turned around and went, or the, the club turned around and said, like, we'd love you to come and train with us part time and still carry on with your studies. And I just had a really good opportunity to, to, to give it a good crack. And um, um, I think, you know, that's the biggest thing. You can get opportunities and sometimes they don't go your way, but then yeah. sometimes you've got to grab them with both hands. And that's what I did. Yeah. And I guess it's, you know, putting in everything into those opportunities, however they come along. I think it was really interesting what you say about your inspiration, which was kind of like one of my questions is actually you had quite local inspiration. You looked around you for inspiration. Yeah, I think so. And I think that's, I think that's really important because people look, look afar and you, you, you try and reach out as much as you can. Um, you know, you know, Jonah Lomu to this world, you know, the Underwoods of this world and back in, back in, back in my day when I was, I was going through rugby and that's great. And that's like, you know, you're looking at the top there, but actually what you've got to try and draw on is, is people close to you. Uh, and I think that's a big thing is, is trying to draw on, you know, people close to you, people in, in relative touching distance. Um, you know, we all have these, you know, everyone talks about big dreams, but actually small steps make those big dreams. And I just think, you know, touching that and those small, like you said then, um, you know, those, those local sort of um, uh, people will, will, will drive you towards those big dreams. And the big, big, big mm. thing, what were close to me were my family. So it was like, well, actually, I'm going to take hold of this a little bit, see where this gets me. And if it happens, it happens. And, um, yeah. Uh, and yeah, that kind of put me in a really good, I suppose, building the foundations to where sort of um, my, my career went. And do you remember, was it that, which move was it where you went full on, okay, this is it, and I'm, I'm pushing for the, for the pro? Do you remember a moment? 
Yeah, I think I think it was I think it was that game when Kev said to me after that Halston game, and Kev Mosley said to me, um, and I still keep in touch with him now. He's actually from Wales, lovely guy, and um, I'll always be thankful to him because he gave me an opportunity. And I think you have to have some form of um, you know not favoritism, but um, a special side to somebody who gives you that opportunity. But he saw me in a game. He said, "We want to. We're going to take you off. Lo- or put you on loan, and we're going to give you this opportunity." And I played in the game. Played okay, didn't you know? Didn't set the world alight. You know, made a couple of you know runs. You know, I was I was blessed with pace. Um, so it was kind of like, I think after that game, I, I said to myself, actually, I, I could do this if yeah. I want it. I can if I, if I if I apply myself the right way and I'm open to learning. Um, I could I could crack on with this and at least give it a good go. Um, and you know, wherever that um, wherever that finishes, it could have finished in a. Know, a couple of other first team games. I know a couple of my friends did that. You know, played a couple of first team games and then kind of fell out of the mix. Whereas actually, I didn't want to fall out of the mix. I kind of, um, and I think when you when you taste something, um, yes, I suppose like beer, isn't it? You know, you taste beer, you have one. Next minute, you've had twelve, and you, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But like you, you know, once you've had a taste of something good, it's like actually, I want more of it. And I, yeah. and, uh, that was a kind of thing. And then it became, you know, I was always passionate about rugby. I loved the sport, but it became, I suppose a passion but partly obsessive you know I was quite obsessed with the sport and you know how how I could how I could change myself as a person into a into a professional player so um yeah definitely when you you made that I guess decision yourself what was the the reaction of those around you so when you said this you know I'm going for it now yeah well I suppose uh, my mum backed me anyway so like my mum dad were like yeah fine crack on like you know let's let's give this a good go um she was very much like I still want you to study which I think was very sensible and I was like yeah absolutely fine no problem um uh you know because a lot of people were just going, oh, I'm just doing this like not sure um they were a bit sort of sitting on the fence um but I think again you know if you if you kind of speak about your dreams, if you kind of talk about what you think, what you think can be achievable, um, I think then you get a backing of people. And I think if my yeah. friends had sat down with me, Matt, what do you want out of this? They would have probably understood, but straight away. And do you know what? There is, you know, um, there probably was a few friends out there who, yeah, I call them friends, but there was probably a bit of resentment in like, actually, I don't really want him to get as far as he's going or I don't, I, you know, I, like, because, you know, so a lot of them were rugby friends and they wanted that. So, in terms of support that way so I, all I did was just feed off my my family and you know as soon as they turned around and said look we're in it and we'll, we'll stick with you and we'll take you to those trials and we'll take you to um you know these games and I'll keep driving you down to training um I knew then that I had the support to kind of make this as as as, 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 as big as I wanted to really amazing what a support to have oh, around you yeah unbelievable and like you know like there's no you know when I'm a uh, my uncle going to say go back to St. Just the next minute all the rumours go out like oh Matt played his first game for Penzance and then the next minute you get these messages or text messages from people at that time or you go and bump someone in the street oh I saw you played the other week you know your uncle Pete was going on but then there's that you know there is that proud moment of you know look Matt's done this and he's, yeah. he's stepped together so um, so yeah no I think um, you know you've got to look at that support from home certainly put me on a really good um uh, a really good place and, and certainly built my foundations for where I am. And then now. you become the talking point of the village, right? <laughs> yeah, in a good way, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, in a good way. Yeah. Um, so, and then, because I'm also interested, obviously, that it, it's 
really interesting to hear like that path and obviously the support into rugby. Mm -hmm. So then you start to go into the, I mean, I, I always feel that some things are relative. So like competition is relative and things like that. So at every level, maybe you step up to the next level, but it's relative, you know, you're, you're giving your everything at that level and then it it kind of goes from there. So you, you start to move into these, um, you know, more professional dressing rooms and things like that, you know, and, and it starts to feel like that professional environment. What is it that, you know, if you, a lot is made of the values of rugby, um, and it's often described in a way, which I think, you know, some people really love. Um, and certainly, you know, as, as a rugby fan, it's part of why, when somebody asks me, you know, what is it about rugby, both fans and team wise, that there is, there's a huge mental aspect to the game as well as there is physical. And I'm really interested because in I think more and more, and if you particularly look at Exeter, um, the, the mental development and the the focus on that. And again, England, you look at what Eddie Jones does with some of the team, you know, they have mindfulness sessions, they have, you know, all those kind of things going on. The, the game is changing, but obviously you you moving into those environments, what are the values that you think that, that rugby really started to bring you, um, you know, from the, the early age, but into professional? What was it kind of teaching you as well? Uh, it's lots, to be fair. And, there's, you know, I, I, you know, camaraderie is one, um, you know, being part of the team, I think, is two. Because you've also, I think you just touched on there, but you, you have to be an individual in terms of what you're doing. So you have to be an individual, but also then you need that individual. You need yourself to understand what your part of the team is. So there's no point in joining a team and going, oh, I'm in a team and that's it. You know, you have to work. You know, if if you're a bad character, if you're a bad apple and you join a team and that individual is a bad person, you ain't going to survive. And, and the team will soon find you out. I think yeah. that's a big thing sort of like, you know, in these teams. And this is what, touching on the extra thing, it's what Rob Baxter does really well. He gets good characters, random characters, um, as you may have seen um, uh, after um, on some um, uh, after some games in the bars and stuff, but very random characters, but good characters, good people to be around. Um, yeah. The camaraderie, camaraderie's be, be, been a massive one. Um, then humility and and sort of um, uh, not being, you know, that egotistical, egotistical person. I've been, so, I've, not, I've known so many, and you know what, I, I've, and do you know what, I don't keep in touch with them now, uh, and that's probably why, um, yeah. because you know, a, a big ego. What does that give you? What, um, you know, you can be confident. There's a difference and such a thin line between. You know, being confident in your ability and what you are as a person, to being you know letting your ego get the better of you, and all people do is remember you being an absolute idiot and being all right. Um, uh, you know, uh, you know, daft, you know, just being daft as a brush type thing. And um, I just think you know to make sure you know that you fit in with 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 society um, is is a big one. So they they're two big ones that have taught me, and then. A big one that's taught me, and a lot of people see this in different ways, is um, not taking the game for granted. So I never took the game of rugby for granted. I was, um, you know, you, you're paid relatively well. Um, um, you know, some are paid well, you know, other, with others. And I suppose the, the higher you get international stage, you know, uh, your, you know, your your uh, your worth becomes a lot more. Mm. So. I never took that for granted. I I I knew I was very very lucky um, in terms of what I was doing. I knew there was friends out there 
um, that were jealous and all this sort of stuff. And oh, I wish I could be doing what you're doing. And not in a bad way, just in a, yeah. But but um, I, again, I, ne I never took it for granted. I was, um, you know, somebody had given me this opportunity back in the day. Kevin Mosey gave me this opportunity to be where I am now. And I was obviously under other coaches. So I am going to take my time to speak to supporters. I am going to take my time to sign some autographs. I am going to take my time to talk to people and maybe talk about the game after the game, I probably don't really want to talk about the game because the game's just happened. I just want to chill out. But yeah. because there's supporters, because I'm at the club, because I've got my tie on, I'm going to give you that time because it's part of my job. And actually, I like doing it. I don't like it if you keep on reminding me of that missed tackle I've made <laughs> or, yeah. or the drop ball that I've, I've, I've done. But like, I will talk to you about the game because, you know, you're here, you've paid your money. I am, I am, you know, and that's how I fit into the, into the into the, the club in a way yeah um, and you know I, I wouldn't I wouldn't change that to I wouldn't change that today because again go back to you'll be you're very lucky at what you're doing you know you could be sitting in an office you know uh all day every day doing something that you're absolutely hating and uh you know I was, I was a lucky one so I think they taught me you know a huge amount of just being um thankful for what I had um, yeah. and, and, and essentially what I worked hard for um, but like I didn't, I also didn't want to waste it away. I wanted to, to, yeah. to, make, to you know, to squeeze, squeeze the, um, you know, squeeze the rag out of it. I wanted to, you know, make sure that I squeezed every moment of being that professional player. You know. Yeah, and must be critical in terms of somebody that enjoys the game and enjoys playing it must transfer onto the pitch. And could you tell? Have could you tell people who didn't have that? Could you tell people who had actually maybe either? I don't know. I guess you could say if people are coming to a certain point in their career or something like that, that the enjoyment goes. Could you get straight that? away? Straight away. People talking triangles and training. People um, just being sort of down, blue, moody. Um, people that you know. Look, you know, I didn't play every game. Um, you know, there's a few years where I, I was playing every game and whatever, and then I got to a stage, especially towards the end of my career, and you know, I just had to, I just had to keep on reminding myself how lucky I was. Like, mm. okay, I might not be playing this week, but hey, if an injury happens, I'm playing next week. So actually, no, I have got a, a clue into what I'm doing. So again, you know, that's just where your mindset is. And, uh, you know, I'm sure some people, um, you know, and, and there were people, so I, I, you know, there were people, I'm not obviously going to say who they are, but like you do get to notice those people, but then those people start to become those bad apples, which you don't want in that, you know, so yeah. you just you stay away, not in a really bad way, like, you know, and, and you don't, but like you just stay away as much as you can because you know, and it's like, like society you know if somebody starts saying something chinese whispers rumors whatever next minute it can start bringing you down you start to voice your opinion ways actually if you just go back to what have they got um okay i'm not playing this weekend but i'm still training um i'm loving you know anaerobic games on a friday i'm still getting a blow i'm still getting my conditioning in my yeah. mental health is we're outside we're not stuck in an office and you know i'll support the lads to to try and try and win games and i think yeah. It's got to be. You've got. You just got to keep on flipping that mind every now and then, um, and it is hard. You start. You do start to have moments where you start thinking not badly, but you start to think, "Oh, am I going to get a game and all this sort of stuff?" But you've got to try and snap out as quickly as you can. Yeah, do what you're doing. You got to challenge those. You know, the the incline <laughs> towards the negative, maybe or something like that. You've just got to challenge that mindset when it comes up and know that it's happening. I guess, isn't it? And and acknowledge yeah. that it's happening. And how. <laughs> Yeah, so when you come to to winning and losing in in sport, it's obviously going to happen week on week. The rare thing of a draw in a rugby, but it happens week on week. What what difference does that make 
did make to you? Was there a way that you had to learn to lose as well as win? Yeah, agree, agreed. And um, you do have to um, you do have to learn to lose. And big one, uh, which I've actually taken up a, a quote off uh, Pat Lamb at the moment. And if we don't we don't we don't lose, we learn. Um, and I, I quite like that um, that, that saying because um, you know you do take loss and you take losses personally. You take you know wins are um, they're quite straightforward because it's isolation. It's um, uh, you know everyone's worked hard as a team, but a loss, especially a close loss, um, more so. If you if you know it's been a big loss, you know probably the team hasn't performed that well, and um, you know that it's not just you. Whereas actually the small losses are the hardest ones to try and get over. But you do have to learn to lose graciously. But then you've got to make sure you maximise that loss. So, for example, you've lost a game and it's like, oh, yeah, we lost because of that decision. Actually, no, there's probably some more reasons in the game. So that's why then analysis becomes so important with coaches, but also analysing yourself. And I think that's really important. So when you start to analyse yourself through the game, watching yourself back, maybe having, you know, those thoughts, what was I thinking at this moment? Could I remember what I was thinking at this moment? You know, is that why I missed that tackle in the 22 and all that sort of stuff? You start to then get a grasp of like okay so what are my work ons um what 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 can i take as a learning point from this week and what can i introduce and how can i introduce it into your into your um your training week you know coach may help you you may do it yourself um you may have that knowledge to go and go nope this is what i need to go and do and that's what i'm really going to try and focus on this week so i think um i think losses um, you can learn a lot about loss, um, but I think also don't get too carried away. And I think again, you know, talking about Rob, like you know, he's I've only I've only seen him lost his um, marbles on one game, and I, and that was in the whole of my career. The rest of them, he's very much tells the truth. He tells it blunt. He's not stern. He's very much you know, very calming in voice. And actually, as a player after a game, when you've lost in front of ten or twelve thousand, it's actually the best medicine you can have because. You sit down, you reflect, you open a can of beer with your mate, you sat next door to you, you might start talking about the game. Oh, I wish I could have done that. Or we should have done this. Okay, brilliant. But he's he's giving you that opportunity to go, right, we're going to, with a, with a calming influence, okay, it's not all bad. We've got next week. And the best thing about it is you've got next week to play, um, play another game. So um, yeah. I think that's hugely important, how coaches, um, you know, sort of... Uh, um, uh, how coaches lose as well as players, you know? Yeah. And undoubtedly, obviously, Exeter, uh, uh, you know, the story has been incredible from from the, I've, and I've got a killer question for you, a few questions time. But um, yeah. one of the one of the things, you know, thinking about that development and Rob Baxter, you know, he was up for sports personality, OBE as well, for, you know, acknowledgement for what he did, um, taking that team from from the championship, moving them all the way up. Um, long standing as a player as well. And thinking about that environment that he's created, it's one which is much sought after. Um, it's one which you can see being replicated. So that not only the playing style, but uh, you'll hear a lot of teams and a lot of uh, famous rugby players on various podcasts and things like that saying that actually the environment is what draws. And sometimes I think, um, you know, you can see Exeter obviously made some signings, which were critical signings through the years as well which were a surprise to some maybe but they were drawn because of the environment how did you see that that mentally you know the mindset and that kind of thing come into it and how the the coaching team were looking after the players in that way how did you see that develop over the years so 
for me, um, it was and, and how it developed. So Rob, um, and, and this is way before my time, it's probably in Rob's time, but like they'd already built a culture. So their culture was already there. Um, and, it, and it started years and years ago, you know, back days of the county ground, um, the off-field culture, um, the, um, you know, the, the, the banter that would, they would, they would give players and give people, but they knew that there was, a th- you know, they, they knew the line and they, they knew how to keep within those lines. Um, you know, the enjoyment, you know, off the pitch, you know, win or lose, they're, um, they're having a beer together and they're, they're, they're sticking together and they're, they're, they're fighting next week. Um, yeah, this was, this was built years and years ago. And the big thing that Rob did, he didn't eat and, and the coaches, the bit, not just Rob, but like the coaches and, and I suppose the players that have, have been there, because there have been a lot of players been there for, you know, 10, 12 years, you know, 10 plus years. So those players knew how to control it. Those players um, and coaches, they knew um, that this was all set um, and all they needed to do was find people um, that could that would enjoy that environment or um, uh, that would fit that environment to come in. Now, some of those players in that time, and you, you spoke about it, but some of those were n- never the most naturally gifted of players. You know, some of those players were just literally workaholics. Um, you knew that you could get 100% out of the game, 110%. You know, some of the signings that, you know, people, you know, would have gone, oh, what? But actually some of the signings, and you, you'll see it now, but like people come to Exeter to either, um, uh, what do they do? They, they come to either, um, it's a shop window and I'm going for it, or they've kind of fallen out of somewhere um, mm. and they've decided to reignite their career. And you know what? It's, it's literally happened to a lot of people. You know, yeah. a lot of people have reignited their careers from uh, from coming down to Exeter um, and just just um, Rob and the coaches having um, uh, confidence to put you in games and go, right, these are your abilities, these are your attributes, go out and show them. Um, and I think, I, I think that has been absolutely massive um, in terms of, in terms of the, the club, I think, um, and the rise of the club. He never also um, being in the Prem thinking, oh, I've got all this money to spend now. Let's get all these players in and, and we're going to you win the Prem in, in two years' time. He, he realised that it's going to take us, and I think they already had that plan, but I think he already had this five-year plan or whatever when they first went in. And, um, uh, and all he did was... You know, okay, I can have a marquee player. You know, big signing for us was was uh, with Dean Munn when he came in. What great captain to play mm-hmm. under! Um, and obviously, Thomas Thomas Waldron wasn't fitting at Leicester, but what did he do? He massively reignited his career when he came down to Chiefs. You know, yeah. Um, you know, and he 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 just knew how to pick the pick and plug these players. But the mindset, the culture never changed. You know, these players come in. Okay how many caps you got to your name? Okay, you got a couple of caps there. Okay, you're still down the back end of that changing room and you've got to work yourself up. You know, you can't choose where you're going to sit. You know, I was choosing where to sit, you know, uh, because I had more caps than, you know, say Dean Mum that comes along, Dean Mum become the captain, but he had to, he didn't get to, I got the, to choose where to sit before him because of how many caps I had for the club. You know, straight away, you know your yeah. place, you know your position. Um, you know, I, I remember, um, I think Tom Johnson kicked me out of one of my, cause he had more caps than me. So he kicked me out of my place. So I was like, sorry, Jack Noll, you're out. So I kicked Jack Noll out of his place and he was in England internationals, but you know, we had the chance to do that, but yeah. And it's not hierarchy and it's not sort of like, oh, this, that, and the other. it's just going, it's just showing people, you know, you keep working hard enough, you're going to get there. Um, and you know, this is why the chiefs have been so successful. Um, yeah. you know, they have drip fed, you know, big players. 
um, uh, year on, year out. They've not come in and gone, oh, let's bring in 10 new players and, and whatever. You know, he'll make new signings. He'll make a, a signing that nobody's ever heard of. And in two years' time, that signing will be like, he'll be on international recognition. Harry Williams, yeah. Thomas Francis, those kind of players, you know? Yeah, I think there's there's like two really interesting Is One is that is, I mean, there's a great broader statement there around what you look for. Or, you know, is it, am I looking for something to fit the mould or, you know, am I going to find somebody to create a mould for me? And actually, you know, that they might have a talent which is not spotted by somebody else. And that, that could, you could apply that to so many areas in life, can you, of, of how you would see that in, in different environments, but also that consistency, consistency of what you have in, in life. So consistency in moving your own routines, your own habits and things like that is actually it's not altered. And actually that's probably why teams haven't been successful in, in replicating it because you can't just all of a sudden go, okay, we're, we're going to do what X to do now. We're going to have that mindset. We're going to have that collective group in this. It just, you can't just copy it. No, that's right. I agree. And yeah. I, and that's, that's, that's what a lot of people, are, I think a lot of people, teams especially, but I think businesses, um, I, I've certainly had a couple of conversations with businesses, people taking on a business and going, actually, I need a winning mindset. I'm going to speak to Matt because he knows about, you know, or, you know, he potentially may know the ins and outs or, you know, whatever, you know, I don't know all the answers, but I can tell them my experiences, you know, throughout the year. And I think there's such a massive transition through professional sport into business that people go, give me that winning mindset. What do I need to do? Yeah. I remember one person, he had, um, he was in control of the hub um, or control of this um, business, whatever, but his business was spread out with over three directions or three places in England. So he couldn't be at one place, you know, he couldn't have three of him, you know, he had to keep on, but he wanted them all to work the same way. Yeah. So he basically asked me the ins and outs of how do I create a culture? What do I need to do? Um, what were the things that was, uh, that Rob was telling you? Um, you know, you know, he was just in, intrigued um, into, uh, okay, how, how did this machine function? And I think that's the biggest thing. And I think a lot of people have taken from that, oh, that's how it functions. I'm going to give this a go. Um, and it's not going to work in, you know, it's, it's not one formula for everything. Um, but like, you know, you can certainly then adapt to um, whatever you want to do in your business. Um, yeah. But there's, there's, there's certainly correlation there, definitely. And a great message of perseverance as well. That's not a, that wasn't a quick win from Rob in, in his mentality of how he was approaching it. It was going to be sustained. And actually yeah. it was a realistic goal to go and hit, which is why then it's successful. Yeah. He was going to chip away year on year and we're going to get better and better until we've won the Prem. Agreed. Some killer questions for you. Yes. So you mentioned the off-field. Yes. And you mentioned, you know, enjoying a drink afterwards. Yes. <laughs> Championship game at Ashton Gate. How many drinks went down after that? <laughs> I wouldn't know. Well, <laughs> no, I, I would know. Uh, a lot of drinks. Uh, yeah, absolutely a lot of drinks. Actually, I think it was then, the day after, the day after that as well. And then... We had our awards evening. I think that was a, yeah. No, a lot, a lot of drinks. Championship. I think, um, you know, a lot of celebration because, uh, and, and this will always be in my memory. I love, you know, don't get me wrong, winning the premiership was fantastic. It was, but it still won't have um, enough for me for the for the champ. And uh, there's a couple of reasons. Uh, and that, that group of players and individually as myself, I always wanted to play in the Prem. Um, and obviously, whatever you're doing, you want to go to the highest point uh, in, your, you know, uh, in terms of um, the highest point in your career. You know, who, who doesn't want success? So that's what I wanted. But I didn't get signed from a premiership club. You know, there was, you know, I was touting, you know, the year I left Launceston was you know, Northampton, Leeds, whatever. 
but Exeter took me on. Um, you know, they, they, they took the bite. I took the bite and, you know, I wanted to push on with them. To actually earn your right to play in the Premiership, that will not top anything. You know, you have yeah. earned the right. You've won a, a two-off, you know, a, a, um, a two-leg game to, um, to, to get into the Premiership and play, you know, to the, high, the highest of your standards. Um, so I think for that, a lot, of, a lot of those boys were like, yeah, we've done it. You know, we've made it. We've yeah. made it own way you know we've not cheated the system we've not done this not done that we've gone in and we've 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 smashed bristol at their place um so that will be a massive massive long memory but yeah a lot of drinks um you know i think we were 20 minutes onto the bus and we'd already made a dent in the uh, trophy (laughs) (laughs) nice yeah so that was uh that was quite an interesting one let's get a refund yeah exactly exactly and then compare as you say so then obviously you um Towards it, it was towards the end of your career, wasn't it? So 70, 2017, 2017 yeah. obviously won the Prem. It, for you, obviously, you've just, you know, nailed nailed the follow-up question of which for you stands out. So it's, you know, that win at Ashton Gate means so much. How yeah, it does. And and do you know what? It also means, I mean, don't get me wrong, the, the Prem, you know, I've got the Prem winners medal upstairs. And like, you know, it, that is amazing. And, you know, that will, you know, people will be like, oh my God, they've won the Prem, you won the champ, what, what, what? But you've got to understand um, that it took winning the championship to win the Prem. If we hadn't won the championship, we wouldn't have won the Prem. So it's kind of like, well, which comes first and all that sort of stuff and blah, blah, blah. Um, but actually, you know, you've got to, you, uh, this is how I look at it. You know, those people that have won the, the Prem, um, you know, uh, you know, that there's there's a reason why they've won it and one of the reasons was was us back in back in was it nine nine ten season now wasn't it yeah 2009-10 so um uh you know and uh yeah that's that's, that's what i i feel anyway but got, got i mean amazing. yeah and, and, and how amazing is it to win you know premiership trophy um you know with with a with a group of players you know or certainly you know i think i won it was still was it hayden was still there um, Dolly, you know Tom Johnson, you know those originals. Mooney, um, that were actually back from that county. Uh, sorry, that uh, uh, that Ashton Gate experience, you know. Yeah. So, and um, um, did you manage to speak to any of those guys post the second Ashton Gate last year? So post Heineken Cup final, did you speak to them afterwards? And how yeah. how did they say that was? Yeah, no, they they said they said the same things really. I mean, obviously to do the double is special anyway, so that's going to be special in itself. Um, something obviously that I'm not going to. Um, you know, sadly, you know, that I wasn't a part of, but like, you know, that's how life is and that's how, you know, life goes on. But like, you know, they've done the double there. But again, you know, I mean, straight away, you, you know the culture, right? So I've texted a load of those boys, you know, straight after that, those two wins. And do you know what they come back with? Is, Jesse, you're a massive part of this. Thanks, mate. Jesse, you're a massive part. And like, that is humility. That's humble. That oh, is, wow. that, yeah. And I text Ali Hefer straight away. Thanks, Jesse. Um, uh, thanks, Jesse. And that was his message was uh, uh, just remember you're a massive part of this. And I'm just like, it's like, it's almost like they don't want to let it go, uh, which is yeah. fine, which is great. But like also on my word, it's like, actually, you know, you deserve that trophy because you are that humble. And, and yeah, I think yeah. that's some, that show that portrays the club in itself. Like actually, yeah, we've won the two premier and it wasn't just me, but it was also the people before us. So, yeah. And that's what I think as well, you know. Chiefs wouldn't be where they were if it wasn't for people playing those counterground days. And I wouldn't have liked to play in the counterground uh, days because I wouldn't have scored too many tries in that weather. <laughs> <laughs> and when you sort of, how did you find the transition going from that 
into the the sort of mindset of actually you became one of those statesmen of the club you became actually one of the one of the guiding people in that club and there's people who i mean when you look at some of the guys who came through the academy who you would have seen from a, a really young age who are now getting those england starts and things like that and coming through that must be great how did you find the transition was there a bit of of mindset you had to work on there to kind of move into that role i guess yeah there was um there's a massive shift in mindset and 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 you know what the, the transition is tough it's not easy um and there's a, there's a few reasons why um and, and i think a lot of people will be like oh well he's a professional rugby player like i think they have this kind of from the outset it's like you know i remember my mum first um you know talking about you know rugby and i think pretty much she thought we basically um threw a rubber ball around we picked daisies and we we, we did nothing but actually you know rugby is a lot more um uh, there's a lot more to rugby than just oh yeah you find this move and you just try and act it out and stuff there's a lot of uh you know uh, repetition there's a lot of um you know, hard work in the, in the in the gym and all that sort of stuff to kind of, to kind of be that player so there was a massive mind shift um uh, or mentality shift in my my mind anyway and that was um you, you know you, you're realizing that you're not having um or you're not you're not that saying you're not that you're not that rugby player anymore essentially um and, you know, I realised towards the end of my career that the best thing that I could do is start to pass on my knowledge to those players that were going to be, you know, filling in that shirt or, um, and, and it's a hard thing to do because, you know, as anybody, it's like, you know, your body starts to get older, but your brain stays young. So like, you know, you still feel like you can do it, you can do this and whatever. And um, uh, so I think that's sometimes quite hard to, um, to, to fathom. Um, but um, I think, um once you've kind of got your head around it um you start to realize and start to put yourself into things which you know that you can do so you know me now my coaching business um i know that i can try and you know especially now mentor people um you know on mindset stuff and how to uh, not get frustrated when skills don't go your, your way or how to you know uh, uh, switch your mindset when um you know you you, you stress and strains or or there's pressure on you or um you know a pressurized kicking situation and stuff like that so you can start to give people and talk to people about the experiences so that when they're out there on the field and they're actually acting it out they can understand the, the process um tra transition is is tough I think, um, uh, and, and more so with professional players, because there is a lack of direction. Um, there is. Um, you, we, essentially, we're not in the real world. We are, you know, this rugby player that's running around, whatever, getting free, you know, free boots, free this, free that. Um, and then next minute, once it all stops, it's like, actually, you know, what is my sense of purpose? Where's my, where's my direction? And, and where's my identity gone? And I think that's one thing I massively struggled with, was identity. Like, who mm. am I? Um, you know, it's not Matt Jess, a road player anymore. It's Matt Jess, the coach, or, you know, I didn't know what I was at the start. And it's something that I had to really try and find and dig deep and and um, and uh, go through some bumpy roads. But um, um, I'm certain, certainly getting there. And I think um, uh, a lot of people have probably found this uh, in the in this pandemic as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think people would relate to that. And I think it's interesting, you know, you're talking about like pressure, which obviously is, a universal thing one that as a professional sports person you hold pressure in front of at least what 12 13,000 people on a weekend if not more um i think that's really interesting and two things i think i'm interested in is that 
managing pressure and how you felt that over your time, but also dealing with um, fear and how, you know, what role that plays in those moments. So, you know, and we're not necessarily talking about that crippling fear at points, but maybe the fear of the next step or what comes next. Yeah. How, how do you frame that in your mind? How do you frame those and work it through kind of that fear or, you know, trepidation of like next steps, or maybe it was that first professional game of those first steps onto the pitch and that, that trepidation about getting onto the pitch. How do you mentally sort of tune in? So, so for me, it's, it's, um, um, so, uh, it's like more steps and process and how you, how I process the fear. So uh, go back to like, you know, a, a decent starting point would be the fear of going from playing, you know, Mounts Bay versus Halston to a Penzance versus Kendall, you know, that was fear. Um, but it was a good fear. It was like a adrenaline fear. Um, and then like you have the, I suppose, then it's a continuation because, you know, um, you have a uh, fear of not getting contracts sometimes and, and, and oh God, I've got a year left or the club often spoken to me. So you have fear of where's my next contract coming from or fear of injury. Um, am I going to go back to my, the same speed that I was? So, you know, there's, there's huge amounts of fear uh throughout my career that I, i've dealt with but then you know there is that fear that and, that and that's probably the end fear is actually what next you know what after you've made your you know you're 33 34 and you know you have to retire or you're coming towards retiring from the pro game what am i doing next what where am i going um and and what do i want and i think that's the the, the biggest one which i think a lot of players especially rugby players will um will uh sort of um understand um, uh, but the biggest thing for me was, um, and, and, I, and I, something I didn't do straight away was talk about those fears. So I kept these fears to myself. So, um, you know, and I just, it was very much like if I just duck my head in the sand, you know, things will work out and I'll pick something up or whatever. But actually what you start to do is, because you haven't spoken about those fears, nobody knows what your fears are. Nobody knows what direction or what path you want to take. So you know in your head, because this is what you think is going to happen, um, but nobody else knows. So like I was uh, very quiet towards um, Sarah and the family, um, uh, very much because I was like, well, I'm just going to crack on, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do my coaching business and I'll, I'll pick up a one-to-one here and I'll do a, um, a training session with, um, you know, one of the uh, young, young upcoming teams, and I'll play on a Saturday because I was still playing for Newton Abbott at the time. And I'll play on a Saturday, and I'll earn a little bit of money playing there, mm. uh, and I'll coach them on a Tuesday and Thursday. Well, you actually start to spread yourself really thin, and and all you're trying to do um, is is recruit, recruit, or recoup as much of that. I suppose because you do. There's a step in wages when you finish rugby, and you want to recoup to to that living. And actually, what does that do? All that does is put that fit so okay i've got fear now but also what have you added to that fear i've added stress and strain not yeah. only to myself but i've added stress and strain to my family so straight away i realized i think it was in my first uh four five months um after reti- uh, six months after retiring that i needed to go and speak to somebody about my fears and about the direction i wanted to go to and uh, and it, it didn't have to be uh, it wasn't anybody that knew me it was just somebody completely independent um and I and uh, to be fair, I didn't I didn't want to go and do it. My my wife actually phoned phoned up for me because as men we t- tried to mask it and we go no everything's fine everything's fine. Well actually no everything's mm. not 
you're just saying it's fine because you're in a little bit of a, a denial and you just want to, you know, you want things to kind of work out, you know, naturally. It's, it doesn't happen. Uh, yeah. So my big thing was going to speak to somebody. I talked about my fears. I talked about the direction I wanted. I talked about my identity and the loss of identity. Uh, but also um, then, um, and, and I think it's sort of probably something that I've learned. You can start to create a new identity um uh in in whatever you want to believe uh, and whatever your beliefs are so i suppose my identity now is yes i'm a i'm an ex-professional rugby player but my identity becomes um and more so probably recently is like a um uh, i suppose a, a mental health advocate away in a way um that's my identity um uh, still obviously with the rugby coaching because i'm teaching people you know skills i'm showing people skills i'm, I'm showing people how to um uh deal with pressures under under those skills um so again once you lose an identity you can actually start to create another uh, identity and i think yeah. that's that's the thing for people to do and um what does that then give you individually that gives you a sense of satisfaction because you feel like you're doing you, you you're um uh, you're again you're doing a passion we talk about rugby as a passion or mental health for me or showing people some positivity through movement is a passion of mine um and it helps me and it helps a lot of people and it can help other people so those people that don't believe it will help it can help them um so yeah the the, the you create a then passion for something completely different um uh, and then it keeps your, your mind open, you know, Matt, the rugby player or Matt, the ex-professional rugby player, Matt's now open to other things, you know, yeah. oh, that hasn't worked for me. Well, I'm going to try and do this or, you know, um, you know, you, you talk about breathing. I, I, I actually got into, um, uh, into a bit of a, uh, a bit of a, a mind boggle yesterday, just in terms of a few things that are happening. And all I did was take 10 minutes out and start breathing properly. <laughs> and Love it. Straight away, I um I actually got back to um, Matt being level-headed. So um, there's just lots of things out there at the moment which um you can you can do and uh, and you can change your identity. But yeah. um, going back to the first, you know, that question again. Uh, transition is tough, um, but you you can get yourself through it. Um, yeah, a lot of things that can help you. There's some amazing bits in there that I think would are so relatable to to many people. Again, you know the 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 thing of a lifelong career is not there anymore and certainly at modern times is teaching people that a job isn't forever and things like that and people will find themselves in situations where they have to do similar and maybe are thinking they you know need uh, are having to go to a new identity or they need to find a new identity in what they're doing and actually you can do it at any point it's it's a set of tools you might need to to help yourself do it and how you frame it and actually talking to people is 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 the number one and, and talking out and i think what what an amazing thing you know that your wife did for you then as well into like support you in that so we've spoken about the support network that you have but you know it kind of kicks in at another point in your life yeah. where where you needed it and i kind of i wanted that to lead on um into so when you played on your wrist support uh, you mm -hmm. had mum written on your wrist um and you always gave a point to the sky and i just wanted to touch on that because um I, I'm I'm a believer that we should talk about the challenges that come in life because the circumstances are unique, but there's kind of, we'll all go through things in our life. And this was one that you went through, which which was loss in your life. And I, I don't know if you just want to kind of yeah. give a story and, and I'm interested to know about what, what was learned through some of these things. Yeah, so um, kind of 
keeping it relatively short in terms of uh, so I, I lost my mum back in 2014 um, and it was uh, just after we finished the season actually and um, I was on a, on a on a trip to uh, Cape Verde with my wife and um, we uh, we actually went down uh, so we were meant to go um, straight after the season straight onto this trip and uh, for some reason I don't know what it was but something kind of was like well actually let's go down let's go see mum for like two or three days um, see some friends and then we'll go on the Thursday and um, I went down went down the Monday Tuesday uh, Wednesday and we saw mum um, saw dad and, uh, and family and stuff and um, she was okay she was a bit quiet um, but she seemed to be okay and then she started doing some random stuff and she was trying to give Sarah something and you know I'll take this because I'm not using it now and all this sort of stuff and uh which we, we, I suppose afterwards we found fairly odd, but at the time we were like, oh, thanks very much, whatever. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we left and we went to uh, Florida to Cape Verde and it wasn't until uh, we, we actually landed. Um, we landed, got through, pay, paid your money or your money for your visa, uh, whatever you had to pay. And I had a missed call from my brother. Um, so as you turn your phones back on in the airport, and I had to phone my brother and um, it was a missed call to say that mum had gone into hospital and she was on a drip. And so of course, straight away, I phoned my brother and this was a, a message he left me. So of course, I phoned him and this must have been about three or four hours afterwards. And I was on the bus transfer and I got told that, um, sadly, my mum had passed away. Uh, mm-hmm. recently. Um, you know, no illness, no nothing, just literally passed away. And I was just, yeah, distraught, obviously, as you would be off the bus, in tears, trying to phone my dad, you know, whatever. Mm. Sarah trying to spot out another flight to get back. So it was a 24-hour then flight back to, we had to stop in Lisbon, get back to Heathrow, drive to Gatwick, get from Gatwick, all the way back down to Penzance, 24-hour trip. And um, it was just one of these awful times in your life, which just kind of like, you know, it hits you literally like a car crash. And um, I had to kind of support my my dad my brother my brother um is brilliant he's quite emotional and he was obviously emotional at the time in terms of he was with my mum the whole time so like he was fairly emotional so i had about three or four months where i was sorting stuff out you know dad was working he never paid the bills um dad mum always paid the bills mum sorted everything out what was he going to do type of thing so i kind of had to give him a hand sarah gave him a hand you know she was brilliant she'd been supporting me uh, and then I had to go down and, and, and sign the uh, death certificate, which obviously really hard, really tough, but yeah. I, I didn't want to put my dad through it. And so it took me about six months to actually start the grieving process properly. Um, you know, it was very much a lot of admin and it wasn't until sort of, I remember breaking down and, uh, in a living room at some stage and, 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 and Sarah just literally just held me. I was, I was literally, I don't know what I was crying for in a way. I was just like, everything just come out. Yeah. Um, and, it wasn't till then. Um, I was like, I started that season and it was the Bath. I remember the Bath game. And uh, funny enough, I was having a look at the try the other day, but I played against Bath and Dean Munn managed to nick the ball on the floor and nick the interception, passed to me. And I've, I've, I've gassed it. Banahan, I think, tried the um, uh, tried tap tackle. And, um, you know, I, I scored under the posts. And as I scored under those posts, you know, mum was on my wrist, which she was from. Uh, I ne- never had mum on before that. It was literally after. Uh, that and um, yeah a point to the sky and actually it was on camera so a point to the camera yeah. and even the commentator said and it was a, a quite a humbling moment for me because you know she she was my my biggest um, she was my biggest fan she you know she supported me in all those years and you know she came to literally every game bar the last couple of years really because it felt you know they were, they, were, they were put down on like the it was like an open air stand at the Chiefs and like, God, it was cold down there. And like, you know, we, we didn't have the, um, we didn't have the upstairs bit. Um, so like, you know, she then was like, well, let, well, I can watch you on the TV. I was like, yeah, fine. So that was like a really, a really tough part in my career. Um, yeah. And I, I think a bit of a, 
a bit of a reality check of why I play the game. Uh, and and yeah. I think that reminder on the wrist was a massive thing. Every game, um, you know, you'd, you, I'd write my mum there and I'd realise then, um, actually, this is this is why I play the game. I play the game for you. Um, I play the game for you know my family. Um, and, um, you know, I, I'm a... I don't, I, don't, I don't know what I kind of believe in terms of, but I, I, believe, I believe they're watching over you, and I really, really do. Um, so um, yeah, it was a really tough time um, in my in my sort of like life uh, and my career in a way. But I mean, yeah. couldn't have got through it without the support of of my immediate family. You know, so yeah. was, um, you know, uh, well, the boys obviously came afterwards, but you know, Sarah and the boys were just a massive, um, you know, thing, and uh, um, in terms of getting me through it, but. Um, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, the, the whole thing with mental health, um, and I think I'm a, it, 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 it starts to affect you when you lose something. So whether you've lost your job, you've lost, um, you know, lost your dog or whatever, it, you know, some sort of, you know, it could be bereavement, it could be, uh, uh, you know, a uh, uh, loss of job, loss of, um, you know, loss of earnings, whatever it may be, something can trigger, you know, that kind of, um, that, that thing in your head to kind of go, okay, okay, where am I going? What am I doing? And you start to question yourselves a little bit. Um, and yeah. that's where we need to kind of look after ourselves when something happens to us really quickly. Um, you know, something could build up to it, but you can start to maybe plan a little bit more. But when something happens so quickly, there's no planning in it. It's yeah. you, you're done. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. like, you know, it's, it's like, you know, with mum or, you know, a loss that comes off off like that there's no there's no way of um there's no good way of going straight away or there's no good way of somebody suffering or having a long-term illness there is no no good way of going it's just how you deal with that situation yeah i think that's i mean so open and honest and i think that's great i think that you know these are uh more of the things that we need to be sharing um as people and i hope you know it's part of what i want to do here is, is exactly that story because i think as I say, is, is we all go through it. And what, you know, is, as you say, that there is a process in there that you need to allow to happen. And clearly, you know, you, you got to that point of acknowledging that, that it really needed to happen. And, um, you know, it, it, I'm writing saying that you kind of, you took that time. So you kind of stepped back and, and allowed it to happen as well. You didn't, um, you know, I think sometimes it's something that you can fight for a while, you know, in, in those circumstances that I've had, you can fight it or, you can lean into it and, and allow it space. And, and I'm right in saying that's what you did as well. Yeah, I think I think for me, I had to do I, I had to do something straight away, which is support my family, support my dad, support, you know, my, my, my brother and stuff. And and uh, you know, basically somebody had to take it by the scruff of the neck. And I think maybe that's the rugby mentality. I don't know what it is, but I was like, this is what I suppose in a way, this is what Mama wanted. Like, you now to sort this, sort it. Um, yeah. you know that kind of thing um and i think you know dad um uh is i think he is grateful he's never really talked about it and it's fair fair play but like i know he's always been grateful of sorting out like all the the finance side of things and you know the, the mortgage side of things because you know they're, they're questions that come up and letters come yeah. to the door he doesn't understand and he send them up to me i know i know he's like massively um uh, uh thankful for that but like i realized at that point that was my role and then do you know what okay um you know I realized then after things were sorted and things settled down a little bit, um, 
actually it was my time and you know I took that time and I took that opportunity to go you know what I, I need a bit of help now and you know I need to cry out a little bit and I need to start thinking about you know me a little I suppose uh, be a little bit more selfish and go mm-hmm. actually you know uh, think about you know things that uh, affecting me and, and, and my family and stuff like that and, and you know like Sarah, Sarah was kind of like I suppose she was like a I want to say I want to say a cricket player in the slips she was kind of waiting for me um, yeah. and then when I did go uh, she was brilliant and she um, she massively helped me which uh, you know which is is you know which is what I suppose what family do that's what that's what you do and you know I yeah so uh, but yeah I agree time um, time uh, yeah absolutely I, I chose my time and mm. you know I did I did what I needed to do there and then and I'm glad I did um, yeah uh, yeah and, that, and, and, and that's it. you knew you knew what you needed to do and I guess that's you know that's part of the the situation isn't it is it's trying to find what you need to do and it's not always the, the obvious or it's not always straightforward it might not be natural necessarily but you it will come and actually you know that some of these things that bring challenges in life is you've just got to let it ride sometimes and you will feel what you need to do at those right times and and the, i think it was such a nice thing where you say about having your mum on your wrist and that you found you found a why or you found yeah. you know a, a reason a reason yeah and i think you know a lot of people you know, you know they're obviously the, the polynesians do it when they're you know with their with their crosses and stuff and their beliefs and stuff and i think i think that's great because you know it, it just gives you that reminder and mm. you know i no, I never, I never needed that reminder because Mum was already there. She'd always phone me up after a game and go, "Oh, I saw you missed this tackle, Matt, and all that." Or you know, <laughs> yeah. you played well. You know, he's always you played well, and I was like, "You're very biased, Mum." But like, <laughs> I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna get that anymore. You know, and like, you know, actually, what I was gonna get was, you know, a bit of, um, you know, certainly a huge amount of satisfaction in actually before I went out taking a look if I scored a try. You know, that's for you, and I, and yeah. I was a massive believer that she was looking over me. So. Um, uh, so yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Find a why, and I did. Yeah. I found that why, and that that spared me on for the for the for the for the latter end of my career, really. Amazing, and obviously, you, so you've taken up some some ambassador roles now as well, haven't you? If, if you yeah. want to kind of talk us through those roles that you've got, because clearly that is that why still speaking loudly and still being part of your life. Yeah, it is. Um, so I'm uh, an ambassador for for three. Uh, uh, I didn't want too many, so I went for three. But no, but like um, I, uh, I. Uh, so first, first of all, it's Give a Ruck, and Give a Ruck is um, mental health and rugby, not just rugby players. It's um, and it's all um, not just for the pro era. It's for you know the community, so for for grassroots as well, and that supports uh, people, players, uh, coaches. It supports. Um, uh, um, people, anybody is associated, supporters, whatever, um, at certain different clubs. Now, um, they're, they're, they're great. They talk about, um, uh, you know, sort of like being inclusive all the time, um, about talking. Um, they just kind of, again, they go back to a reason of, of, of why and, and, you know, give a ruck. I, lo- I love it because it's like, do you give a ruck? You know, do you literally give a ruck about your friends? And um, I think it's, um, I think that's really important. So, uh, Tessa Beercroft is on uh, is, is running that and she's brilliant um, she's a massive mental health advocate individually as well and some of her stuff in there is really good mm. the other one I've got is Blokes um, now Blokes is a, a, a um, essentially a, a man's forum uh, where um, Tom Home who's who's um, uh, uh, got, got up and running he has basically created a, a whole wealth of ambassadors from 
uh, professional sport, um, so rugby, a lot of rugby players, but uh, boxing, he's gone into cricket. Um, and uh, what he's created there is, um, uh, again, another community, but um, where you could actually um, put up the bloke's website and you could talk about your problems and us mental health uh, ambassadors can can sort of um, give people some strategies or some um, some ways of dealing with stuff. So, uh, you know, it could be anything from anything, but like, you know, we, if I, if it flagged up and I have a look at it and I go, actually, this is how I would deal with it. Mm. I can give them my point of view. So again, it's, it's kind of people reaching out, but not reaching out if they don't want to pick up the phone or if they don't yeah. want to speak face to face or over Zoom, it's kind of going, well, actually, can I type this, push enter and then wait for somebody to respond? So it's just another way of, you know, speaking to somebody and, and, you know, from that it could go into a, maybe a zoom conversation or a phone call to really try and get that person to yeah. help. And I think amazing genius. Uh, sorry. Say again. That's amazing. Like just that yeah. a different uh, way of getting an outlet for people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, um, and, and that's going, you know, going really well, um, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, Tom and what he's doing, he's got loads of like, you know, ideas um, go, going through. And again, it's just support for the, for the for the for the, for the men, men's community really and then the third one is rv1 which is um a good friend of mine down in exmouth um he's a, a, a he's a marine um and he has basically built a community and it doesn't matter um uh, what you are uh, whether you're a marine whether you're a sports person whether you're just working down the down the shop but um a way of um getting together with people they're doing some uh, dips in the morning so they're going down to exit beach and they're going swimming um which they're finding absolutely huge in terms of mental health and well-being um they also do lots of stuff with um uh, physical activity so running um you know um crossfit sessions um movement uh, finding solace through movement uh, and activity um and essentially it's just a group um of people sharing sharing experiences people from different backgrounds but but kind of wanting the same thing you know people going on 30 mile hikes and and stuff like that and they are actually looking to do the uh, three peaks challenge in may if nice. um if restrictions apply um uh and there's a, a good group of us going to go and, and do that and obviously i i got asked only a couple of weeks ago actually if i'd love to become an ambassador for um rv1 and i said to tom i'd, I'd love to because um, I, think, I, I, I think all three of them have different concepts and they're different concepts which fit with me well. Obviously, rugby one, rugby-based one, which is good. Um, uh, the blokes one is great because I just think, um, you know, uh, uh, speaking to men, I, I understand that, you know, us men, we we are complicated souls sometimes. We do complicate things. By not talking out, I just think if I could push more people to talk out, then brilliant. And then this RV1, you know, uh, keeping that mental health and well-being through exercise and physical fitness, um, you know, I just think it's a great idea and, and, and it works for me and I know it works for a lot of people. Um, yeah. As do other things. but Yeah, and three very different, you know, on the same topic, but three different ways to approach conversation, which I think is really important. If you give... It needs different avenues because not everyone's the same, and some people will find one of those enticing. You know, some of them. Um, it, hopefully, the more avenues that there are, the more it will fit for more people, so that actually the conversation becomes broader and and kind of we we can, as you say, us guys can start to share a bit more, start to get things out uh, out in the open, and it all just gets a bit easier to to talk and and let these things happen. Um, and as I say, what 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 a great way and what a great testament for for your you know, why as well, that that continues to go. Yeah. I, I, I think that's the thing as well. I, I spoke to you, we spoke a while ago, didn't we? And, we, and um, during this conversation, we said, 
you know, um, you know, about ident- loss of identity and purpose. Well, what is my purpose now? Obviously, my purpose is, you know, rugby coaching, my job and all that sort of stuff. But also I have another purpose and the purpose is to share my experiences. Mm. Uh, I think that purpose, I, I don't know how many people I've had in this lockdown to actually say, thanks so much, Matt. Um, and all I've done is either sent them a tweet. Um, there's a lad, there's a bloke that I'm following on or follows me on Twitter. Um, and he, over the first lockdown, he lost his wife and kids through drink. Um, and he's actually... Uh, uh, he fell off the wagon back in December and he's now back on um, um, and he's just uh, I'm just keeping in touch with him don't know him from Adam I do not know him from Adam and oh. he, um, he I, we just messaged each other over Twitter and I'm saying keep going mate you know whatever and he just appreciates support and I just think again we talk about social media little bits of interaction um, that you can have with somebody can change somebody's life um, uh, we I was did a challenge the other day called Pass the Baton uh, through for the Royal Navy and basically you do 30 minutes of exercise you get introduced into this WhatsApp group and you do 30 minutes of exercise whatever it may be and then you pass it on to somebody else and I was just like this is an amazing way of you're not next door to somebody you're not running with somebody you're not in a running club but you're doing everything virtually but everyone's yeah. getting thing and i just think these are so important at this yeah. time of, this challenging time in the world to actually go yeah i've got support people do care and you know if you just check in on somebody and just check how he's going and if he ain't feeling that great well you can you can give that person a little bit of um you know advice hope whatever it may be to 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 push on and and to to, to stay positive and i just think it's just so so important and that is my why um yeah. And, um, you know, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't cost anything. I don't earn money from it, but what I do get is people going, do you know what, Matt, that, um, that running session or the, that, um, that session you did the other day, or, um, that bit of advice you gave me about, um, thinking positively or whatever it may be worked and that's what they need. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. It's, I mean, that I feel inspired by that as well. I think that's such a great, um, you know, that you also the position as you say that you had moving from you know a professional rugby player and using the that voice using those platforms as well in in that way is amazing and we and we talk about transitions and obviously you're also you transitioned into dad yep dad matt yeah uh, always a big step for us guys as well Absolutely. so you moved from the Wild boy rugby lifestyle. I've just given you that title. I don't know if you were. Thanks, man. I'll get my um, I'll get my uh, woohoo cowboy hat on. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, we've all been in timepiece, right? Yeah, we've um, all been in timepiece. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and so obviously, you know, again, that that's then kind of your your latest transition, and you've got the kids and stuff now, and that move to parenting um, is always a big step. How are we going to see Ted? Alfie on the wing for Exeter at any point, you reckon? Or uh, I think, yeah, I think um, I think you might do. I mean, um, Ted is a bit more conservative than Alf. Alf is like a wrecking ball. So if I was going to give them positions at the moment, I'm going to go Ted. Uh, I think he could be a fullback, sitting back there, just sort of you know, sort of uh, you know, watching things go, you know, thinking about things more. Whereas Alf's a scrum half. Not because right. he's short, because he's absolutely wild. He's mental. He's a second child. He's crazy. Um, yeah, and he would be, he'd be just winding people, and he loves to wind people up. So he'll be my scrum half pick. Um, so I reckon Ted will be sitting in that backfield, maybe transition from a bit of um, a bit of wing to fullback, and then uh, yeah, Alfie will be sitting in that scrum half position. Nice. He'll be getting the old the speed drills in, will he, for that winger position? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Put him through his paces. Yeah. 
yeah, no, they're they're they they're both um they're both again you know again that's what I like to keep, but they're they're both relatively active. They both love love and run. I think it was two days ago. I, I got back from Penzance. We decided to go out for a walk. It was I think it was when that storm was coming in. Storm, storm Christoph. Yeah. Uh, oh my word, we got soaked. But you know what? The boys didn't complain one bit. And you know what? I I was because I would be complaining, and I was in my head. But they didn't. All all Ted said was. Oh my, my tracksuit bottoms are wet, and I was like, "Yes, yeah, fine, we could change them again." There, and I just think that's that's brilliant, and that's how I want them to be brought up. Because yeah. you go outside. I they hadn't seen me for a couple of days because of work, and I, we've gone outside. We've gone, we, we you know, we've gone for a walk. It's taken twenty five minutes. We've gone up, we've turned around, we've walked back, but we've been outside, and I think that's the biggest thing. And that's the kind of thing I'm trying to tell people in like this lockdown is we can all shut uh, shut ourselves away, and we can all be. But actually, what's really important is actually getting outside. And I, on my 10K a day, uh, when I did a challenge back in November to raise money for blokes and for um, and for Giverack, I was telling people it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, I know some people were probably scared of just taking one step out the the, the house. But actually, the first couple of take a step out the house. Next day, take two steps out the house. Third day, take a step, uh, take a walk to the gates. Uh, fourth day take a walk to the gates go outside and walk to the first house you see turn back it's just getting people that confidence to get out and um, yeah one outside and i'm getting i'm getting huge amounts of just running i, I think i run nearly well, nearly every day but like i go outside and i do something outside and i just think you know we, we were never born to live in a house we were never, you know we weren't yeah, yeah. you know you know to stay in a house all these times and lockdown is tough we need to be outside at some point you need to, to use that opportunity exactly and get out there yeah 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 wow and so what is what is next for you yeah so for me uh well obviously the the, the kind of rugby has just restarted back down at, um uh within the championship so that's really good so that's given myself a bit of a bit of a lift you know coaching wise um obviously my msj coach page is is still going so i do some online mentoring at the moment so that's really good and i think that's uh Certainly, a way um, that I think everything's just shifted to the online sort of um, uh, the online sort of portal, um, and then I think um, for me, is just keep plugging away at you know keeping people positive, happy, um, you, you know, and 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 sharing my experiences um, uh, as much as I can with with the outside world. And I think you know, obviously, you can you can share too much and stuff, but like actually, you know, what do we do when we share things? We we give each other you know different different um aspects we give uh people different perspectives we're also sharing knowledge and you know what one of those you know things could be an absolutely it could be you know gold dust um to, to somebody somebody mm. takes it on and changes their lives and it doesn't have to be something you know we're not it doesn't have to be a you know a brand new invention or reinvent the wheel it could be something that's something um, that will trigger somebody and somebody will try it and go, do you know what? That has changed my complete life. And yeah. that's what I'm going to just continue to do. Um, and again, you know, uh, my, my social media platform um, will help me with that. And um, it's been such a good way of reaching out to people. And I think, um, you know, as long as we can keep doing that in a positive way, um, then, uh, you know, we're, we're only, we're only going to be able to keep, you know, in touch with people and keep people, um, yeah. you know, in that positive path. It's been, it's been great to follow it over lockdown. And as I've mentioned, the trick shot Tuesdays, I, I haven't got rugby posts to try it on, but I'll, I'll find a tree or something to give them a whirl on Excellent and, kit. and see if that gives it a go. Oh, brilliant. 
And so my final question, if yeah. you were going to guide me to somebody else, so sporting or otherwise, you know, whether it's one of your ex-teammates or somebody else, somebody who you would say has a, has a story to tell, anyone that you would say is a good guide or, or anything like that, is there anyone that would stand out? Um, in terms of what kind of, in terms of what kind of story is in like a, in terms of like a life story, is what a life mean? story, anything that you think would be great, for, that is great for people to hear and great to share can be on anything. Yeah. It's a really good question. Um, what you're, what I'm worried about is you're going to send me to another Exeter player and I'm going to ask them about your initiation story <laughs> and then I'll get the full truth. All right. If we're talking about fear and how to face things. Mate, the extra chiefs uh initiation stuff that's all closed down mate that's uh that's all yeah you know we we have to sign something before so that it can never be spoken about before it's on lockdown isn't it it just yeah. nothing gets out exactly exactly um i'm just trying to think um i think a really good guy um which i think you'd have some really good stories and get on with is a guy i'm actually coaching with at the moment down at pirates his name's alan paver um ex-prop um, played umpteen games for Penzance, absolute legend of a guy. Um, but he has got obviously great stories, but also um, he is very much into the sort of like the wellness and well-being sort of side of things. Um, yeah. And I think um, I think he would be sort of like a guy to um, definitely speak to. Actually, in saying that, we um, I went down there on Monday, Tuesday morning. He said, "Oh, did you bring your wetsuit down?" Because he's asked me to bring your wetsuit. I said, "Yeah, I've got a wetsuit." He said, "Oh, brilliant." He said, "Get it on." where are we going he said we're going for a bit of a run so we ran at seven o'clock in the morning so pitch dark in penzance across the promenade got past jubilee pool got to the um albert pier and we jumped off into the sea uh, he calls himself the water otter so <laughs> i'm not the best i'm not the best swimmer so i'm calling myself the cuttlefish because usually you find those on the sand so i'm the cuttlefish. Yeah. and then we swam over to the harbour wall and back but i tell you what i felt invigorated i was like i'm a new man yeah I'm a new man. It was, um, it was, yeah, it was, um, it was a massive sort of turning point in my life. And uh, yeah, I'm taking the, I'm taking the swimsuit down on Monday and Tuesday again. So. Nice. I tell you, we, we go in the water here, kick, kick the ice open, get in it. It's such a buzz. I remember a few years ago going in the Jubilee pool in Penzance. And at that point I thought I was going to pass out. You get to a certain point as a guy. And honestly, I thought I'm gone. And I just held on to the side. I went dizzy. Really? Never thought I'd be doing it, but I absolutely love it. It's it's a great thing to do. Yeah, it was um it's an absolute game changer in my book. Um, I, I've seen a lot of people doing it. RV one do it uh, quite regularly down at Exmouth. Obviously, I've moved away, so I haven't been sort of joining in with them. But uh, I straight away took a picture of me with my wetsuit on, posted it onto that community, and they were all like, "Yes, Jesse, he's in." But like, I just I just I just felt I don't know. I just like it's a great start to the day. Uh, sat in the office, just sort of like knew what I wanted, knew what I wanted to do. Um, yeah. yeah, just, and I said to pa um, Alan uh, Pays afterwards, I was like, mate, this just makes you feel alive. I was like, yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. No, it's certainly a game changer in my book. Awesome. Look, Matt, I, thank you so much. You've been so open, so honest as well. And I think it's yeah, such course. a great story um, that you've got. Obviously, it's, it's great insight for people to understand professional sports at that level but also what you then got on to do and some of the, the, the roles with your ambassador roles are just amazing so obviously we'll follow your coaching journey look forward to more trick shots on tuesdays um, and just wanted to say thanks so much for joining us no thank you it's been an absolute pleasure kit um, obviously great to catch up with you again and uh and, and look anything i can do um that i'm and anybody out there that listens to this and wants to reach out to me um 
please do because uh, as I always keep on saying DMs are always open and uh, you know I might not get back to you straight away but I will certainly get back to you um, ASAP uh, and anything I can do to help people then I'm full for it awesome so thanks so much for Matt for joining us on episode one I hope you found some of that interesting Um, I think some of the stuff around mindset some of the things that Matt has taken on uh, in his life yeah, really interesting to hear the transitions into rugby performing in that professional environment intense pressure um, but also things that probably all of us can t- hopefully take something from um, and also then his transition into into what he does now into the coaching and carry on those those things with mental health and the ambassador roles I think was so interesting so thanks again to Matt I hope you enjoyed the first episode um, hit that subscribe button and all that stuff that people say follow us on instagram at breathing space underscore online if you want to hear more we'd love to hear who you want to hear on the podcast as well stories that you think should be told get in touch and we'd love to hear more until the next episode thank you very much we'll see you soon